This is the Scum and Snake Fantasy Football Show about the LV Dynasty Fantasy Football League that we are all in. Snake, welcome back to another week of fun, frivolity, and football. Kirk Cousins, what a wild ride we've been on together. You were my first, and I was hoping you'd be my last. Born to Don and Marianne Cousins, second of four children, even after breaking your ankle during your junior year, you still finished high school with 40 touchdowns. What a comeback. But you're not just a football player. You graduated college with a degree in kinesiology and even received a doctorate of humanities a few years later. Yes, it was honorary, but you're still Dr. Cousins to me. We've been through a lot. We've been through a lot together, but now I have to continue this journey alone. You are a family man, a friend, and most importantly, my quarterback. Rest in peace, Kirk. Let's frickin' go. Oh, what are you googly for Kirk Cousins? And you know what? Just we this is the the way we kind of start a lot of them. Bad week for injuries, especially at the quarterback position. I think it was Jim that that pointed it out in the group chat. But um, obviously, those are all headlined by Kirk Cousins tearing his Achilles. And you know this one, this one's tough because he was having a great year. He's one of those guys that I don't think anyone is a Kirk Cousins hater. He's got all these like fun little quirky things that he does. He's connected to Justin Jefferson for the past couple of years. And he's just been one of those guys you love to see. I think I saw that this was his first ever injury, his first ever missed game. So sad to see. Just brilliant, beautiful words, touching words about Kirk Cousins. And I, there's going to be a lot of fallout for, for his and uh, the other quarterback injuries, not only in the NFL, but also I think in our league because quarterback has gotten – did. Yeah, I can't I can't say anything more than what you just said there. You know, Kirk's always been as of late the last four three or four years, just like a, a, an awesome stat guy. Uh, you know, TU has been relying on him from on his team for a long time. And just another devastating injury to be added to all the other injuries that we've seen this year. Uh, maybe we're making too much of it, but I do feel like this is a crazy year for injuries, like we keep saying every week. Um, but yeah, you made a good point, Scum. It's like quarterbacks are getting thin out there. And I think as of late, there's been a lot of talk amongst the league of a lot of quarterback trades recently. And I, we don't typically see that, you know, because we only start one quarterback a week and rarely is anyone moving off of their starting quarterback unless there's an injury or a bye week. So 12 starting quarterbacks, you're bound to start someone who's should be at least very good. So yeah, there's, there's been more of it this year and there's, it's just another thing that makes uh, it just harder, you know, another, another week gone by, like you said, we're moving into week nine. Uh, I don't know if trying to think, I think this last week was one of the higher scoring overall weeks fantasy wise. I just feel like everyone was doing really good and a lot of people were losing their matchups, whether in Dynasty or Redrafts or wherever you are in fantasy, with scoring 130, 140 points. Yeah, I saw that. I agree. I think there were some big bounce back games and like a lot of a lot of games that we were surprised to see be, be a little high scoring. I like where you were kind of headed with quarterback trades, trades in general in our league potentially. Maybe we can speculate on that in a little bit. I didn't want to just touch on one other bit of exciting quarterback news though to to juxtapose or to give a counter to the sad news about Kirk. Great news coming about coming out of Atlanta. Desmond Ritter's been benched. Scum, play the jubilation music. <laughs> so he's officially benched Heineke the starter. Is that is that what you're saying? That's what I saw. That's what I'm reading. So hopefully it's true. Uh, I, I mean it's we still have the old Arthur Smith kind of anchor weighing everything down but you know maybe i think it'll be good news for your drake london share for my Bijan share catch a little more passes out of the backfield um for eric and kyle pitts 
uh, who else am I forgetting? That's, that's, you know, those are the guys we want to see start to at least have some life. So yeah, I'm we, excited. Probably too yeah, excited. We all while we're watching, what was it? Maybe three weeks ago now that Rit, that Ritter game was it the was it a London game or something where he I just think it was in, yeah. Uh-huh. He threw like three picks in the first half, and we're like, "All right, get Heineke in there." And then, of course, he goes to have like, a, I guess, quote unquote, Ritter good games for Ritter the previous, where he was like rushing and like doing okay throwing, and then they were yeah. winning. So Falcons do as the Falcons do, and and didn't make any changes or whatever. And so you kind of forget about that. He just isn't that good. And I think anyone who's got any Falcon out there should be excited and there's really only three Bijan, london and pitts that you really should be um thinking that they should get an uptick in usage uh and then just kind of again like we're kind of talking about that we can kind of go back to kirk cousins like yeah they traded for um what's his name freaking hobbs or dobbs, Josh dobbs. <laughs> Josh dobbs. <Freaking> dobbs. <laughs> they traded for the scary dobbs and uh so you would hope that i mean addison Hawkinson, uh, AJ, like they were going to be way down. Now they're not as far down, but they're still not like what they were. So that'll be an interesting, yeah. you know, plenty of I players, did. teams play those guys week in and week out. And then we'll see when Jefferson comes back, you got to think that he's going to at least get a ton of targets. And if Jefferson's as, as good as, as he is, he should turn those targets into, you know, good stuff. But, uh, yeah, some fantasy landscape talk there for some fantasy players dealing with quarterback issues. <laughs> Honestly, who's not dealing with quarterback issues with like Trevor Lawrence being a bust and most guys being kind of like up and down. It's just like we said earlier, quarterback is rough out there. At least it feels like that to me. Yeah, agreed. Um, There's been a lot of disappointment and rough quarterback outings which has then caused those subsequent fantasy guys. But this week, I feel like everyone did really well. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Before we touch on too much football, I think we got to start with a nonsense minute question. And let's just kind of stick and dwell on the year of injuries. My question to you is, what's, what's the nightmare injury for you? Like, what's the one that you just never want to have happen? Uh, you know, ACL for a long time was like a, a doomsday sentence, but people have come back from ACL lately. Achilles looks pretty bad. Uh, I would hate that one. I feel like I know you've got some shoulder stuff. So are you, you know, an AC sprain, uh, rotator cuff, scary guy? Like what's what's the worst nightmare injury that could befall you? You know, other than having some shoulder issues, I've never really had too much of an injury history. I think if whether I'm just me or if I'm an athlete. The idea of always breaking your leg has always been so. Oh yeah, like the, it makes my like spine tingle. Yeah, Ugh. just no matter if it's a bad break or just for whatever reason you break a bone somewhere and you're. You, see, some people have break broken their legs before and they don't necessarily realize it, and then, or they can still kind of walk on it. But I just have mm-hmm. seen some like. Can you imagine just getting That's your snap. like your leg? Oh, yeah. It's so big and long, so big and long, and just getting snapped. Oh my Ugh. gosh, I can't. I would be my worst nightmare, whether just a regular old Joe Schneek guy or an athlete. Oh, no, that's that's a good one. My answer was going to be Achilles because I hate the idea of it snapping and then like rolling up like a like a party blower up mm-hmm. your leg. That's always freaked me out. But yeah, the leg, like when your lower leg is actually broken and like folds and then it just wobbles there. Oh, that one's disgusting. It is the worst. I 100% agree with you on there. Ugh. Yeah. Give myself the heebie-jeebies. I didn't expect that. So hopefully you all out there are like, have your stomachs curdled as well. But if if we're forgetting one, if we're missing one, uh, let us know. Injuries. Injuries. That should be a fun topic, I'm sure. Um, we've forgotten something completely. But <laughs> whatevs. <laughs> Whatever. All right, let's uh, let's jump into the power rankings, and we're just going to touch on this. Not much has changed from what we've seen kind of the whole year. We've got um, different tiers, and those are kind of set now, I feel like, but 
let's get into it. And as always, we'll start from bottom to top. At number 12, chugging along is Scummy. At number 11, also chugging, is the South Dakota Buffalo Matt. I think those are going to stay our bottom two, regardless of anything that happens this year. Number 10 is going to be Doug, after just the fire show that we've witnessed over the past couple of weeks. Number nine, unfortunately, is you, Big Sneak. Struggle bus, but still a bright future. Number eight, we're going to give to Gooch, who is feisty and could definitely be one that uh, rises up those ranks. Number seven, we want to see just a little bit more, but it's going to be Big T for right now. And our top six teams, Ben at number six, still sin precarious, but somehow he's winning, so got to give him some kind of credit. Number five is the Cream Knight, Jimbo. Number <laughs> four is Hesse. Number three is Ernie Fritz. Number two is D Butter Snaps Wade. And then at number one, holding strong over the past couple of weeks is Brendan. Mm. I think Ben. If Ben was a listener, he'd have he'd have some gripes sitting at seven at one in the <laughs> sixth spot. Just keeps winning. Uh, I agree with you. T uh, got his win last week, which is what we we had mentioned last week. He needed uh, to stay relevant. And then we've got Brendan and Wade at the top, just absolute monsters. Ernie's got a tough matchup this week. <laughs> So uh, yet again, he's, he's he's got a real tough stretch here. Yep, he's uh he's and then Hesse losing last week. We said we went on a big rant about how many teams can't lose, and I think if I remember everything that we talked about last week, we said that Hesse sh- couldn't lose, but he's lost two in a row. If he loses again, he might be in trouble. And I like the cream night where he's sitting. Uh, look to be almost made it. Look to have almost had a trade for Saquon with Gooch. They've That's been the they've been at yeah. each other's yeah. necks recently about that deal. And I think if that deal could get done, I would be very excited for Jimbo's team. Yeah, that's kind of my overall assessment. And I'm right there with you, right? We've got we've got a top tier that's pretty strong. We have confidence making the playoffs. Tyler has a shot to bump out, you know, uh, a Jim Hesse or Ben. Probably those are the candidates. It's gonna, it's gonna take some. It's gonna take some uh, crazy results, probably just some upsets. But those happen, and Tyler's already put himself in position. Only be one game back, so you know, I'm sure he's liking, he's liking that piece of it. And unfortunately, I just don't know if if you or Gooch can really finish the push and get there. It's not over, over, but just a, a steeper, steeper hill for sure. So, yeah, I'd have felt a lot better about myself if I would have beat, if I would have beat T two weeks ago, but I agree with you for me, three and five. And uh, yeah, I, anyway, <laughs> Yeah, well, let's take this segue to talk about something we were touching on at the top of the episode. The only thing that's really going to shake up our trade and power rankings, or I'm sorry, our uh, standings and our power rankings, is a trade. And, and you were mentioning that with the Jimbo and Gooch-Saquon thing. If, if Jimbo got Saquon, we'd feel a lot better about his playoff odds and about his team, just because that's a that's a big piece and a big bolster to a running back core. So. There, there are some other speculative moves that could help. Um, for example, Tyler, who we spent a lot of time talking about, he lost Kirk Cousins. His only other cornerback is Bryce Young, who, who's a rookie who's shown a little bit more promise the past couple of weeks, but still you know, not like a top-tier fantasy option. Ideally, he could make a swing trade for like Josh Allen and, and Jalen Hurts or Jalen Hurts on Wade's team, you know, Wade doesn't need both of them, but he has been very hesitant to trade either of them. So I don't, I don't think that deal is there. But if he could make a swing for a top ten solid quarterback, um, that really 
I think, shoots him up at least his playoff odds, right? So there's things like that, that out there. But what do you want to say just about trading in general in this league and, and if it's feasible, if it's not? <laughs> Yeah, as we were as we were prepping for this episode, Scum, we were kind of talking about what is the overall trade landscape in this league. What what is it? What or how are are managers valuing their players and valuing picks, futures? You know, the now, the present. I don't. I don't want to like ramble too much and not make any sense. I think what it comes down to me, and it's almost I'm posing a question to the league, anyone else who's listening out there, or we can kind of have a little back and forth. What do you think is the reason why it's? It seems. I mean, I mean, trades happen all the time in this league. We do kind of get caught up on the fact that no one ever wants to trade and nothing ever happens, but there are a lot of trades that happen. Throughout the year, I mean, recently we've had a ton of trades going on. But like, what is the what is the trade landscape of this league? You either I feel like you either have a, a couple different scenarios. You either have somebody who's trying to tank or work for the future, selling all of their assets for picks. You have the opposite of that: someone who's like willing or thinking that they're either making a playoff push, a championship run, trying to repeat whatever it may be, like like Ben did this year. Or somebody trying to say, I'm going to just give up all of my picks and get players. Like I've been the, we, you and I have both been on both sides of that before. But then you have the people that like try to trade. And then there's one manager thinks, it just feels like nobody has a real value on players. And I'm, I'm guilty of it all the time too. And, and I think, and this, I've brought this up before and I know it's a huge hot button topic in this league. And there's a couple of people, I don't know if it's we're split half and half or what on this, but, and we'll probably hear from it in the, in the chat afterwards. But I think it has to do with the fact that our rosters are so big that you really don't have to trade for somebody. If you, don't really have to, I guess. There's no, there's no like have to trades. And maybe that's where I'm trying to full circle this conversation. And a lot of leagues, a lot of redrafts, or I don't know how other dynasties are run, but like there are some times where you have to make a trade. Like right now, like Tyler doesn't have to make a trade for a quarterback. He has Bryce Young. He can play Bryce Young. So if he's going to go try to get, okay, like, Let's say he wants to go get Dak for me, or let's say he wants to go get, like you mentioned, a Hertz or an Allen from Wade. Wade doesn't have to trade any of those guys because all Wade will do is hold on to one of those quarterbacks. If either one gets injured or there's a bye week, he plays them. What's the benefit for Wade to trade one of them unless he's going to get an insane haul, which there are some times where you could say, I need a quarterback so bad, or I want a quarterback so bad, I'm willing to throw firsts and seconds and first and whatever it may be out there. And that's how Ernie and Brendan and Wade and whoever else have maintained amazing teams by also getting a ton of draft picks. So I guess the overall question is, is there any remedy to the value of players and picks, or is this just the world we live in? We have 30 roster spots on our team. There's no one on waivers nobody really ever has to make a trade unless they're just absolutely decimated with injuries. I mean, we're looking at Ben right now. He's, he doesn't have a quarterback for this week. He's seven and one. He'll probably just take the loss because he's whatever. He doesn't have to go make a trade. So it just is an interesting to me. I think the one thing about this league and, and regularly where we're just like, we, it's, it's the funnest part too, because we get to have, negotiation conversations whether in private or in the group chat where you're like you know jimbo just offered like 10 picks for saquon and i don't know it's just it's just it's it's interesting and it's weird and it's whatever (laughs) yeah i think a couple things in regards to that i think one even in like a redraft league with small rosters you and i are both in leagues like this where if people don't want to trade that you know the rock strike doesn't matter you know 
there's plenty of leagues out there that just are, are dead because they don't have people invested or they don't know what they're doing or they are scared to trade. I think, I think a lot of people are like, I don't like, I don't want to mess this up. Like I don't want to accidentally lose this trade. So I think that's one thing. Two, I kind of agree with you in the sense like, yeah, no, no one has to trade to field a lineup to be competitive. I would argue though that you absolutely have to trade if you want to win a championship in this league. And that's, that's what it is, right? That's what um, you and I have, have done and tempted Jesse has. And I think that's kind of what created a bit of a problem. Um, we had people who were willing to overpay and do what they needed to do to win kind of ruin the market, so to speak. And then they were trading with people who are just hoarders and I'm going to call them out. Brandon, Eric, Wade, you guys are hoarders. And you just like, <laughs> when you get those like good on you, you made those deals and then they just sit there and you make those picks and yeah, maybe they're good, whatever. But there's like, um, I, I would say that there's a bit of a hesitancy in these guys to um, flip those things and make those win now moves, right? They want, they love being so set up for the future. And that's why the three of them kind of keep jostling and winning and trading like those spots, right? But the the back to back that that's kind of the goal, you've got to you got to relinquish some of that. So I think that's the problem. You've got people that have probably traded a little too much in the past. Now don't have assets to trade. You have a middle ground that's their guys are just like I don't know what I'm doing. So they just have their picks and they make those picks. And then you have the other group that has all the assets, are good teams. They they don't have like an incentive to trade or make moves like you were saying, but they also could do more and they just uh don't and, and sit on what they've got well, a little too much if you were to ask me so those are those are my responses yeah i just i just no matter how many times we talk about it or try to there's i just it's it's fun and it's it's always and it's frustrating a lot of people get frustrated when they're trying to make deals and then they're like like me, I'm the same way. Like I'm willing to trade somebody. And then I look at the roster and I'm like, well, does, what does this do for it's just, and that's just the dynamics of fantasy football, I guess in general. But I think there are, there is some fatigue, you know, we're in the, we're basically in the middle of the year. We talked about this. There's some, we're at the point where people are like looking at their teams. What do I need to do to win? Same thing. I prefaced this whole conversation with, and then they're like, okay, well, I'm going to go get so-and-so and I'm willing to do whatever it takes. And then that player's like, or that manager is like, well, no, this person's worth this much more. And then that person's the other person who's making the offer is like, no way is that that person thinks this is worth that. And it's just, it's all just everyone's perception as, as compared to, I guess, the reality. And, and that's what every league probably deals with. It's, I don't know. I think, and it's, yeah, and I, I think, think it's just trade. There. There's, there comes a point where everyone's going to tra- some sort of trade fatigue and they're like, unbelievable. I can't believe so-and-so thinks this person's worth this or whatever. And it's like, well, I don't, I don't have to Wade. Wade doesn't have to trade in those quarterbacks, but the only way he's going to do it is someone throws an insane offer at him, like multiple firsts or some young up, like some amazing young running back or, or, or receiver. That's the only way those deals get done. And that's it's 50 50 it's good on Wade and good on the Brendans and the urns that hoard young players amazing players and then they can make whatever deals they want by maintaining their good teams by also looking towards the future and then you have the teams like like I've been one of those in the in the midst before where I'm like I'm willing to give up anything whatever because I think this player or that group of players will do whatever it needs to do for me to get to the playoff slash championship and then when it doesn't work you're out of your future picks and so on and so forth. But anyway, we always try to find a rant. We always try to find something to talk about. And I think it's just, hopefully it opens up a conversation because we all know there's only like six people who listen to this podcast and they're all in that. We're going to hopefully have a couple of days or at least a day or two of group chat nonsense about what it is to trade in this league. And there you have it. <laughs> yeah. I think too, when you were talking about like, oh, it's crazy with this guy value, this guy, whatever or this, this guy may value this player at a certain level that you don't see. Dynasty is the thing that changes that, because, like, in redraft, you know, you're not going to, you're not thinking about the future. You're just like, okay, what is this guy doing this year? And that's it. So that's why it's kind of easier to come to the same thing. But if I think that, uh, I don't know, if I think 
Right here you go. You are a big Chris Olave guy. You think he's got a bright future ahead of him. I think maybe he might have peaked already. I don't know. Part of right. part of his issues this year have been Derek Carr, but maybe he is what he is. So um, yeah. we are going to be opposite there. But in a in redraft league, and he's then, probably and closer then, to, to the middle because it's just like, okay, yeah, this year he's not that great, but still like one of the top options on the team. And we'd, we'd settle on that value there, right? But the, the exactly. future aspect changes. But that's the fun. And that uh, exactly, and that and that's a perfect example. If I were to say, if you were to say, listen, he's peaked. If I were to believe that he's peaked, and I'm willing to trade him. Oh, where was I going with this? And then like, you know, I think I think yeah. when you were talking about trades, you were talking about just the fear, and there is always a little fear in your trades, like. Okay, well, let's say I do trade Olave. What am I going to get for him? I guess at best I would get a late first-round pick. Let's just say that that's the best value for Olave right now. So what I'm doing is I'm giving up. So is this his second year? This is his second year, right? Yeah, second year. So I'm basically looking at a year and a half, two years of work where this, where his rookie year I thought he was great, showed a lot of potential, a lot of regression in his second year, whether it's quarterback play or his play, whatever it may be. Let's say I do. I trade him for pick number 1.10 let's say that's that's his value so that means i'm saying the fear there is what does and it's an unknown right we don't really know who 1.10 is going to be next year we don't know and then it could be another olave type where you're like okay you're picking a young receiver like it could be um imika right it could be him next year and then i'm like okay well is he he doesn't have the the stats and the pedigrees of Olave coming out, but let's say he's a bust. Let's say he's horrible, and then I've just and then Olave, at the very worst, <clears throat> gets back to what he was his rookie year. You know, a thousand yard a thousand yard receiver and a six four to six touchdown guy. You would much rather have that than the possibility of a pick turning into someone. We've seen that so many times where picks just don't yeah. turn out. So right. I understand the fear side of it as well. So like to squelch those fears. You have to get more than what he's worth, I think. And that's what right. you always yes. try to do with everyone. You're always like, well, yeah. he's everyone agrees he's worth this. But because of me taking on the risk of losing of and the fear of it all, I need to get one and a half his value or two of his value. And no one's willing to do that. So then you're just like, well, I'm going to be stuck with whatever he is his whole career. And hopefully he's better. Like, that's yeah, a good, that's like, I think that's just how all trade negotiations go down. And I'm not necessarily saying it's bad. I think it's just fun to talk about. Yeah, yeah. for sure. None of this is bad. And it's not like a criticism on anyone. Like we're all managing our teams how we want. And it's a super fun league. Obviously we're very invested in it or else we wouldn't be on uh, season four of the Scub and Sheik show. Yeah. Talk about it. But yeah, no, it is just like it's something interesting that as we continue on and get into it, like what does reset the market? Is it okay, the the you, me, Hessies of the world, do we just say, okay, look, we can't overspend, we've done that, the coffers are empty, so we're just gonna let these years come, reload the picks, let them happen and maybe become sellers of like a you know, I have like a Josh Downs. If he continues to go out, maybe I can, you know, go out and do well. Maybe I can sell high, right? Like, and I become the other side of things. Someone wants to overpay because they think he's going to be a top whatever guy moving forward, right? Possibly. Or is the reset the the guys with all the resources, the Brandons, the Wades, the Eric's? Do they finally let some of those go and just say, "Listen, I'm gonna I'm gonna overpay a little bit for once in my life and give you a first for someone who." Yeah, maybe their um, potential long-term isn't the same as this first, but it gets me what I need to win this year and potentially next year. Like, it helps me with that. So those are the those are the two. Like, as we move forward in years, get past some of the past moves that have been done and get out of the um, the debt, <laughs> so to speak, then, then that could open things up again where everyone's on a more um, – level playing field but i don't know if that's going to happen honestly because like that doesn't sound like any of the people i mentioned <laughs> yeah i feel like 
I, I believe that the another way to reset, if there even is that the right word or that possibility of resetting, quote unquote, the trade market in our league is if a trade for like a top two at a position like a Jefferson or whatever. I mean, God, I'm trying to think of a running back here. Give me a run. Give me the top running back right now. McCaffrey. OK, like it, before the year started. Oh, okay, yeah. Before the year started, I was like, nobody trade Brandon for McCaffrey. Like, just let him die on his team. And McCaffrey's having, like, his best season ever. And it's amazing. And it's great. Whatever. And Brandon's, like, laughing all the way to the bank. But let's say Brandon would have traded. Let's say Brandon trades McCaffrey today. And McCaffrey never scores another touchdown the rest of his career. <laughs> Does that reset the trade market to say, like, Brandon just got two firsts for McCaffrey. Two lottery pick firsts. In what, let's just say that's what, that's what McCaffrey gets. You know, two top four picks. And then McCaffrey never scores again. He plays. He doesn't get hurt. He just isn't good anymore for whatever reason. Does that is that enough for everyone to say that's we? Uh, there was obviously like at the time it's not an overspend, but it kind of is. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, we should probably move on. <laughs> that does it. But yeah, let's move on. That was good. Hopefully, that's just some food for thought for everyone else. And um, let's see some more trades. Let's. Let's see what the market is out for, like. Yeah, this definitely isn't – keep trading, everybody, because we, we love to see it. We love to talk about it. <laughs> All right, big rant there, Sneak. Let's take a break, hear from one of our sponsors, and then we'll come back with the matchups. This week's episode of the Scum and Sneak Show is brought to you by Sneak's Seeds. Yes, folks, we are at it again. If you are a farmer or a rancher or a planter, you got that green thumb and you're trying to get some stuff planted in your garden, Schneek's Seeds has got you covered. Whether you're trying to get some fruits or some veggies or some whatever it is that you're looking to plant in that garden, Schneek's Seeds has got you covered. The latest subsidiary of Schneek Inc. Come down to our greenhouse. We've got you covered. Schneek's Seeds the newest sponsor of this coming snake show. Love to hear that. You know, actually, Snake, I planted a garden over the summer. Did you know Did that? You? Tomatoes, sage, rosemary, uh, what else? Some other herb type things. But I, I wish I would have waited and could have got some snake seeds. I, I need to see some pictures of this garden. I'll send you some. It's, my tomato plant isn't fruiting yet. It's growing though like crazy. It's kind of spreading out. So uh, we'll we'll see. I don't know. I don't know how, what to do in the winter. <laughs> we'll try it. Yeah, come over to Shanique. It's covered. <laughs> All right, Shanique. Should we get into these week nine matchups? Uh, week nine just sounds so old. Old but fun. I think we can all agree on that one. And we'll start off with uh, my matchup, as always. We've got Bijan Robinscombe versus Doug's NBA greater than NFL. A couple of bottom feeder teams going up against each other. So hopefully I know how this one shakes out, but Shink, you tell me what your thoughts are. I've got half a mind to call you the upset of the week here. You've got a real chance. Don't you dare. <laughs> You've got a real chance against against Doug here. Although I am expecting Tua to have a great game against Kansas City, even though Kansas City's defense is nice. Tua's almost matchup proof at this point, the number five overall quarterback. We mentioned it in the in the the top of the show. If you've got Atlanta guys, you should have a little bit of an uptick with Heineke. You're rolling out big birds with Robinson and Algier. Got your young buck receivers in there, Wilson and Douglas and Downs, three rookie. They're rookie, all three rookies, right? All three rookies. That's what I do. Dang, I love that. And then T, the uh, savvy veteran in the flex. I'm almost thinking you should change your name to Bijan Badgett Scum. What do you think? Ooh, <laughs> that's not bad. I, don't, <laughs> I was thinking about being uh, Bijan Robin Smug this week going up against Doug, and then I forgot. Yeah, I don't think we're going to call this one. Are we calling this one the upset? I mean, if we're not, then Doug's no, got to win here. I still give Doug the edge because he's got, you know, he's he's an awful lot too. But like you said, he's got an edge with two on. That's a pretty big edge. 
And then he's also got Derrick Henry. Uh, Thursday night spot, I, I mean, he's been he's been quietly very good this year. I, I think he will have a good game against the Steelers on Thursday. So it'll be close, probably closer than than I would like. Um, slight edge to Doug. He's got the, um, the projection. Uh, they're in his favor still, so I think we roll with that. Obviously, I'm very scared. I don't want to put the upset out there. And you still got to put a kicker in there, so your projections are going to go up. Is Paul? If is Palmer? It looks like he's on track to play. Yeah, Waller to go. Anyway, yeah. Waller might I, miss. Yeah. My, Waller's probably going to miss. That means he's going to play. Ralph Farmer's out. He looks like he's not going to have a tight end, really. So this is going to be a very close one. I almost could. I guess if I'm going to say, I'm going to say. Doug, either I'm gonna just do a, cl- a classic sneak. Doug, either gonna win or this is gonna be a tie. <laughs> All right, I'm good with the tie. We will go with a tie. This will be one of my closest ones this year for sure. And I guess the good thing is that I'm not the blowout of the week, at least for once. Hooray! Right. That's that's right. We'll see. Will be a close one. Oof. Let's go to. A matchup that is maybe the blowout of the week. We got the brother-in-laws head-to-head. Do not think Kamish's hyper-extension team versus Smith Ben 08 and the Sawyer Payton team. Are we calling it, Sneak? Is this looking like it? I think it's got the best chance for it, the way things are set up currently, and then looking at what he can do to fill some of those bench spots. It's not looking promising. So I am very confident in calling this the blowout of the week. Best coming sneak blowout of the week. Blowout of the week. Blowout of the week. Let's go. Blowout of the week. Brendan blows out his brother-in-law. Not very fair. And I will point out, you know, this isn't, again, it's not a criticism, but just a little sneaky snook move. Brendan picked up two quarterbacks last week, um, or like on Sunday, and I think he was looking ahead to his matchup this week to block Ben from being able to pick up a PJ Walker or a whoever else he picked up. So, I mean, that's gamesmanship, Brandon. You're probably going to win anyway, but it's a double sneaky move there. Do nothing, command. Again, not much to talk about, Brandon. I, he's he's at the top of the league in our standings, um, in the standings, and in our power ranks. No one's on by, so he's at full strength. And not only is um, Ben missing a quarterback to play with both Goff and Trevor Lawrence on by, he also has Calvin Lee out on by, too, who has been up and down this year, but obviously one of his better high upside players. So I don't think there was going to be much of a fight, even with um, a lack of buy issues from Ben this week. Yep, exactly. He's going to probably uh, – looks like he's going to put Taysom Hill in there at quarterback. And – could be a, could be a fun thing, but – Yeah, I mean, that Chicago matchup, if he's going to get 10 carries and a catch or two, and if he's going to get into the end zone as goal line, I mean, he could definitely be filling any void that Lawrence and Goff uh, would be leaving behind. But Brandon's team, just absolutely solid and stacked. At any given point, the entire team can go off for 200 points. If someone has a down game like Mahomes last week, he'll make up for it with AJ Brown and Diggs and and whoever it may be. So yeah, definitely getting the blood here. Definitely getting his win. Uh, if for some reason this is like a crazy and a crazy thing in the world that happens and Ben wins, I don't know what else to say about the guy's team. Then he just he's on a destiny path if he was able to pull this win yeah. off. And the only way it happens is if he gets 50 from Cup, 50 from DJ Moore, 50 from Devonta Smith, and very hard to see that happening. So easy blowout call here. Good on you, Brendan, for just having an absolute monster team. I mean, he doesn't even play players that would be like amazing starters for anyone on other teams. So it's almost I'm almost ready to write it in the cards and uh, put it in the sky or I guess put it on stone here, but Brendan is seem seemingly unbeatable at this point. There you go. 
I don't know if I'm ready to put it in stone just yet because we do have a reigning champ who, and you mentioned, you know, Brennan has a lot of 200 point games this year. Wade's coming off a 200, like 20 point week himself. Let's go to that matchup. Uh, we've got Wade's Gee Buttersnap team against the, the Feisty Hesse Trick or TRT. Great name, James Hesse. Kudos there. Wade's, you know, very questionable uh, physique photo that we've seen. Not natural, not natty, I'll tell you that. But Oh, I'm yeah. finally getting it. I'm finally getting it. Boy, I'm slow. Can Hesse get can Hesse get a steroid boost with this week? Oh my gosh, dude. I'm stupid. I didn't even realize what that was all about. Hesse, <laughs> an absolute tip my hat to you on that one. I am slower and freaking molasses, I guess. I oh my goodness gracious. That is amazing. I love it. Uh but come back to the matchup. I don't believe that he's got what it takes to take down Wade here. Uh, he lost to me last week, which is not a good sign. Uh, he did have a horrible bad game from Lamar Jackson and Mark Andrews. So assuming that they get back to some sort of normalcy, uh, Mostert, I didn't, I think he had a bad game. Last, I mean, 13, eight and 13, the last two weeks after having an amazing start to the year, uh, Crabtree with his Buccaneers receivers here. But we mentioned at the top of the show in our whole trade segment, Wade, he's just got the the pick of the litter with whoever he wants to play quarterback-wise. He's got running backs that are coming on super strong, Hill and Waddle and Lamb. We see one of them go off for 40 and the other two go off for 20 every week. So guaranteed points there. Might have a little, like I said, with the Hawkinson, Dobbs, Atlanta's a pretty good pass defense. Even if Hawkinson has a bad game, it's not going to make a much of a difference here. Wade gets a Wade gets the win here, goes to eight and one. And we mentioned it a week or two ago. Hesse cannot afford to lose. He lost to me. If he loses again here, it's going to be sad because Hesse was one of him and Ben. We could probably both make the argument the darlings of the league the first six weeks, six seven weeks. And uh, you know, and for Hesse to keep staying alive, he's got to pull out it. In my opinion, almost a, a miracle here. He's got to find someone to throw in the flex, probably Michael Thomas or Terry McLaurin. So it's going to be – I it's definitely not a blowout. I don't even know if I want to call it a handedly win, if that's even how you – a word, but uh, Wade, Wade uh, uh, comes out on top of this one. Yeah, I would have loved to call this one as the upset of the week. And Hesse definitely has a punter's chance, but just look at – I think what really holds him back this week is the running backs that he's got. You talked about Mostert kind of being uh, down lately. And he's, you know, Jerome Ford, he traded for, made a big deal. But he's been hurt and been splitting time with Kareem Hunt and even Pierre Strong and um, Montgomery on by. So I just feel like there's not enough juice there from the running backs for Hesse to, to pull it out. But you know, Lamar, Lamar, Mark Andrews, that could be something. Maybe the Bucks guys both catch touchdowns again and, and try to boost him. But yeah, like you said, probably will be pretty close, just not quite enough to be weighed is just looking stacked all around and doesn't have bye week issues. Uh, let's move on to, we'll do this matchup. We've got Jimbo chases gay versus uh, Matt's chases gay. I, I saw you try to like inc- get the period in there somehow. Try to get the forceful, <laughs> you know, like the, the forceful end to the statement. <laughs> yeah, on, on here with this one, it says another easy matchup call. Really, I don't see a way that Jimbo loses here. I mean, I guess I see a a way for it to happen. You know, Matt's got somewhat of a decent team, Herbert, but he's going up against the Jets. That's a very good pass defense. We don't expect Foreman to have the game he had a couple weeks ago against the Saints. Royce Freeman against the Packers probably gets him like 40 yards, maybe a fall-in score. Huge is extremely underwhelming. Rashi's up and down his rookie year. Uh, Trey McBride going against Cleveland probably doesn't do what he did last week because on Jimbo's side, we've seen it. 
he doesn't have Etienne this week, which has been he's probably the number one, number two running back at this point behind yeah uh, McCaffrey. So uh, Jimbo, what you call him, our creamsicle knights or something? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, you know he's. I don't know if he's been playing Christian Watson at all this year, but this looks like it might be one of the first times he's in the lineup. I don't know if he's plays him weekly, but he made that offseason. I think it was an offseason trade with Gooch to get a young potential receiver that just has been horrible. So maybe he can have a good game against the Rams. Uh, but I, you know, he's been riding Puka for the first four or five weeks. He's doesn't have, may not have a quarterback this week. So he's, he needs Pauly to have a great game. He needs Stroud to get back to a 20 something guy. He needs Sanders to get at least some touchdowns. So there's, Unless, I mean, I guess Cowboys could, I mean, Cow, is the Cowboys scoring 20 points against Philly? So Matt's got a closer. Is this the upset of the week? I I, I like the call. Let's let's do it. Upset of the week. Scum and sneak upset of the week. Scum and sneak upset of the week. Upset of the week. Yeah, yeah. Matt is upset. Chase is gay. Chase is gay is going to win. Chase is that's, gay. that's the that's <laughs> the end here. But yeah, no. As we were talking about it, first off, I was pretty surprised that the projections were so close. And then you start talking. You know, ETN's out. Um, Miles Sanders is like the third string running back now. Pollard's been down and is going up against tough defense. Jim really needs the big tech stack to to step up this week to win. And you know what? We got we got huge more involved last week. He had, I think we talked about this. I said he'd probably have the most catches he's had in his career, which was like four. But it was there. They're scheming him in a little more. Might need some of that against a good pass defense, like you said. Uh, this is live. This is a live upset for sure. And I, uh, you know, this is this was a tough week to find an upset. But if this is ever going to happen. In the matchup between the Chase's gays, this is the week for it to, to occur. Yeah, as we were kind of go, as I was going through the matchup, it just kind of seemed to come naturally here to where Chase's gay is going to win, and it's going to be an upset. It's going to be an upset for Chase's gay, and everyone's just going to have to deal with that, seeing what happens with Chase's gay. Anyway, we'll mm-hmm. move on to Chase's matchup. We got Gooch, soft tissue rehab versus Big T, Jimmy Cooks. Now, this would have been another candidate for upset of the week um, on, any, and on, on any other week, except for the week that the Niners are on a bye, because that is Chase's entire team. So he's got the full bench unit in. He's relying on the likes of like Noah Brown, K. Dodd, and Rashad Bateman. Stalwarts of his bench. Big T is still is still, you know, trying to figure out what he's gonna do at quarterback, whether it's Bryce Young or someone else, but everyone else is in. Uh, Pacheco, Rashad White, Hollywood Brown, James Cook, names that, you know, as I say them, maybe don't instill fear into the league, but are solid, are what's been contributing to T's T's good run this year. So uh Tyler should pull out this win. And again, fortunate probably for him, but you got to take the breaks that come to you, and he could very well get himself into uh, a tie record-wise with some of the top playoff teams after winning this week. So um, things are looking up for our boy. Sure. We mentioned it in the rankings. We mentioned it a lot about how I think I think it was you where you said, I, I, think, I think here it is. If Gooch loses, goes two and seven, He's 100% out of the playoffs, right? Yeah, I don't think he's, like, mathematically eliminated, but effectively, yeah, he's out of the playoffs. Yeah, and T gets this win. He's tied uh, for some of those other – with some of the other managers for that playoff spot. Those – those they mentioned some of those players on his team don't instill the biggest fears, but they instill that solid, really consistent look. And when you look on the other side here, it's Saquon – and Hopkins against, 
and they need to have great games. Like Hopkins needs to have another crazy well, yeah, game. Yeah, Hopkins, you know, like great game. Will Levis, great game um, in his debut. But Hopkins was like four catches, three of them being touchdowns, right? So that's not like sustainable. Um, right. So definitely a come down week. Maybe he bolsters some of that with more catches, a similar yardage. But yeah, that was that's probably the peak of their connection. And if, if it's not, then I will be uh, flabbergasted and Gooch will be over the moon that he's got a resurgent Hopkins. But yeah, that was big game credit to both those guys, Levis and Hopkins. I, I don't think we see it again. No, I, yeah, I definitely agree with you there. Not seeing, not seeing that kind of production. So, and then once T gets whether, and even if it is Bryce Young, that, I mean, if he's doing what he did the last two weeks with, 14, 17, and then 24 before that. I mean, if he gets that uh, out of him this week, which very like very possible against the Colts, uh, T's going to get him his win here, go to five and four, uh, and be pretty supplanted in that uh, <clears throat> playoff picture for sure. Yeah. All right, we'll see how that one shakes out, though. And then to wrap it up, we've got the big matchup of the week. Sneak, we're ending with you. And you've got you've got a dragon to slay. You're facing Joe Marchuro uh, with your urn squad. Yeah, I, I now that after we've gone through the matchups and we we kind of fell into that Matt uh upset, I think you were probably wanting to put me as the upset if I'm if I'm correct. You're always correct. You're always you're always feeling where my thoughts were going. It was there. Um, Eric's been been vulnerable lately, and his guys have been up and down, and also looking at, like, Devontae, who's getting a head coach, quarterback change. We didn't really talk about the Raiders, but I don't think you're, you're expecting the Devontae of old with Aiden O'Connell. So, um, you know, Eric's got some retooling to do, I think. Uh, your, your guys are looking up. And yeah, that's why I wanted to, to lead to the upset. I, we could still call it. Where are you? Where are you at in your matchup? How are you? What is your confidence level with the Earn team? Yeah, my confidence level is at a is very low. So I'm glad we aren't talking about this being an upset because if we were to make that call, it would be very ugly for me. I would score like 90 points, and he'd have like 150, and it would be. Uh, I just don't have any confidence in my in my team right now. They all have the potential, I guess, to have amazing weeks, but they haven't yet. All of my young receivers are like sort of good, I suppose. And then my running backs are like extremely below average. I don't have anyone on my team that's just like, man, he's gonna he scores thirty every week. That's the like difference maker because Earn on the other side has Jamar Chase liable to do that. Uh, with the Burrow stack liable to have like a crazy game, especially up against Buffalo, there could be a shootout and massive points scored there. Eckler always is liable to go off for big points. You expect Devonta Adams to have like 77 targets this week, whether whatever he does with them, he does with them. So I don't have the fear factor in my team at all. And even if I do another 120, 130 point game, that's still not going to be enough. I'd, I'm just going to pick an easy, easy-ish win here for uh, Eric. And uh, the only chance I have is uh, maybe when he looks over and sees Earn next to his name, he gets a little confused. Uh, and there's a little bit of identity uh, mess up in his brain. And that starts to send over some, like, mixed signals, space jam continuum into his team that starts to fry and static itself in and maybe does something there. But uh, yeah, I, I'm going to say I lose and that puts me at three and six. And like we said, top of the show at the, probably at the eight or nine or 10 spot and no playoffs for sneaky guy. I mean, three and six still isn't a death now. And you know, if you did pull the upset, you're right back in it, I think. You know, we've been you more so have kind of written yourself off, I think, just to not get your hopes up. But um, you know, if if things break the right way, you could win and be in the thick of things. But yeah, it's it's gonna be tough. You're gonna need some duds from like maybe Kenneth Walker, who we saw 
Um, on the injury reports last week leading up to the game, he split pretty evenly with Zach Charbonnet. So I don't know if that's because of the injury or if it means Charbonnet is going to get more involved. But we could see a little bit less production there. And then we've got a matchup of last year's crazy game between the Bengals and Bills. So if someone, God forbid, dies on the field again, maybe uh, Eric doesn't get production out of the, the Bengals and um, you know, win that way. I don't know. That's probably crazy for me to say, but oh well. Yeah, that's uh, – I guess that's the matchups, huh, for week nine. Ugh, keeps making me sad whenever I say week nine. We're still in single digits at least, so next week will be extra sad. Yeah, for sure. Let's get into hopes and dopes for this week, Sneak. Uh, last week, not our best. You had a hope of Rishi Rice in that in that Denver Kansas City matchup. Neither of us expected uh, Patrick Mahomes to be super sick or to be a super snowy game. So he he like fell right under his projection. So he wasn't like a major fail, but just didn't do big things like you were um, hoping for. Mm-hmm. And then your dope was ETN. We're kind of counting on him. Finally, falling flat a little bit, but he just had another huge game. So uh, no one too weak for you, but I know you'll bounce back. I went one and one. I well, you could even say it's like oh one and one because I had a hope of Kendrick Bourne, and he did score. Um, beat his projections a little bit, but then he left with an ACL injury, so didn't wasn't able to add and make it like a true boom game for him. And then I doped uh, Javante Williams in that same Kansas City and Denver game, but uh, really went opposite of what we both thought, and Javante had a great game. So we got to get back on the horse this week. Um, what do you got for us? Yeah, I'm going to go to uh, the uh, Earn and Eric matchup, the Earn and Earn matchup, the uh, uh, me against Eric. I'm going to say my hope this week, uh, my first hope of November. Uh, it's just gonna, it's going to be Devonte Adams. He uh, he's extremely unhappy. He's still the wide receiver 13 on the year with having three games in the single digits. Uh, so. After last week, after the shakeups, you're expecting him to have, I'm expecting him to have an insane amount of targets, and he's going to do enough with them to uh, beat projections, be a hope this uh, this weekend, and get back to the Devontae Adams that we that we all uh, know, <laughs> are all accustomed to. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying, kind of like that squeaky wheel treatment that we've seen before. I, I just don't know, like, I, I expect him to get those targets, like you're saying. How much better are they going to be than Jimmy G targets, though? Because he got them, and they were just missed uh, last week. So we'll see what Aiden can do. Uh, probably will be a better game, though, more than one catch. And uh, probably finds the end zone. So, yeah, good good hope call there. We're just going to see what level of, of production Devontae gets back to. And my dope, uh, I'm going to go to my team. Don't do it too often. Uh, I'm... I'm going to lose, but maybe some motivation. Uh, I've said it for, I mean, everyone probably is annoying, but like my whole team rides on my young receivers. They've been extremely up and down uh, all in like the twenties rankings of their. So my dope is all is Pickens, Olave and Wilson. I'm sorry. I'm going to cheat. I'm going to go all three because those are the London being hurt. He's not involved in, in that. uh, You know, I don't know if he's going to play. He's been missing to practice. Um, so I'm going to leave him out of this one, but it's uh, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, George Pickens are my dopes this week. Uh, at the very least, to strike some sort of motivation in them to have, uh, I guess, good weeks or just to get back to being like you're supposed to be some of the young, good receivers in the league. So there you go. That's my dopes. I'm cheating, but I'm calling out my receiving core. Well, this is going to be a little awkward because I'm just going to jump ahead and say that my hope was George Pickens. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So one of us will be right on that this week. Um, I say that because they've got the matchup against the Titans. Titans are stupid. And uh, I think George Pickens gets loose for a long touchdown. Whether it is Kenny Pickett or Mitch Trubisky, I think he's got like a 40-yarder in him this week. He might not get a lot of volume, but I think that's going to be there for him. 
long bomb. So that was my reasoning there. Um, yeah. Going back to your dope calls, the London I agree with because even though we were optimistic about Heineke, that's still not the offense you want to be a part of, regardless of the quarterback. So I could see him doping out this week. Garrett's got a Monday night matchup against the Chargers, who, you know, we have been targeting that defense a lot this year. So I don't know if I can go full dope on you there, but like you said, I like your motivation tactic. Maybe you can kind of give them some bulletin board material and all three can show up and get you that win. But we'll see. We'll see. Um, I hope with George Pickens, I'm going to say my dope is going to be on Jim's team. It's going to be Christian Watson. And you know how I like to do things. I like to try to find typically a bench guy to put in or a starter that should be left off. And I just think Jim should take Christian Watson out. I had very little faith in him as a prospect going back to last year. Um, He had some boom games, but he has not done very well this year. I also don't have a lot of faith in Jordan Love. So I think you should bench him, Jim, and just go full big techs. Tank Dell and Nico Collins were in – like smash spots it seemed last week didn't really happen i think the the passing offense of the texans kind of bounces back so big stroud week to both nico and tank put tank in over christian watson and maybe you won't be the upset of the week Mm. you you hear that maybe you won't be the upset of the week you've been a long time christian watson hater uh very much justified so far so i can get behind that call but, you know, knowing, knowing how things have gone for his sister, he's going to catch a bomb touchdown. So we'll see. <laughs> uh, and with that, we will go into America's favorite segment. Scum and Sheik get the Thursday night game wrong. And Sheik, oh, yeah, you got your first one wrong last week. I know. I uh, I called it out immediately. I said I was getting a little too cute. I should have known that uh, that wasn't going to – that one wasn't going to hit. So I mean, hopefully I get back on the wagon this week. It, there was a shot though for the for the Bucks to win last week. I still like what a weird play for one for Baker to throw that Hail Mary like <laughs> about it somewhere. Bless you. Where I didn't think he had the arm strength, but he, he he got it there. Maybe it was too much of a loop, and that's why Chris Godwin like kind of missed it, and didn't see it. But when's the last time you saw a Hail Mary attempt just like hit the ground? Not like just get batted down, but just like nobody touches it. It was, it was just weird. fall amongst the bodies. Yeah. Yeah. So weird. But anyway, this week's game is the Steelers hosting the Titans. We talked about this one a little bit already with me uh, expecting a long bomb to pick in. So I'll just kind of take that, tease it out. And I'm going to take the, the Steelers to win. I think they, they take care of the business at home and they win comfortably 28 17. Okay. I uh, I was going to pick the Steelers. I feel like it's probably the right call. I'm going to go opposite of you this week, though you usually try to go opposite of me. I'm going to hit you with the opposite. I might just dig myself a hole and go 0-2 the last two weeks. But I'm going to pick the Titans to win. And I feel like Derrick Henry plays good on Thursdays. I'm going to go Titans yeah. win. Wait, is it Titans? It's the Titans, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Freaking... Stupid sneak. Uh, Titans win uh, 23-11. All right. Jeez. Well, that still that still has a a long bomb from Pickens involved. So, uh, okay. Yeah, Pickens still gets his long bomb. He's He gets a long bomb touchdown, and then they somehow score five, uh, four get, points. Well, they go for two. <laughs> they go for two because they'll be down in your scenario, and then a field goal or something. That's it's live. Oh, that's so funny. Well, how'd we do, Scott? Lots of ranting this week, but I kind of liked it. it was, I think it was pretty good. It's um, better than last week's rant. I, I disagree. I think they were equally as awesome as each other. Yeah. What are we working with here? An hour and 10 minutes? We did like an hour and 20 last week, so we're getting better. All right. We can, we can roll with that. Uh, Good luck in week nine, everybody. And like we've talked about a lot, home stretch here. So, of course, in the Dynasty League, number one priority, but in all the other leagues, 
good luck if you're if you're fighting, trying to claw back. And if um, I'm going against you in a league, though, bad luck to you. Yep, week nine, don't be too sad because once week 10 comes next week, we are going to be very sad. So try to enjoy it while you can. Bye. since three you make that drive after a scream marathon Boop. after a freaking scream marathon dude